0: Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell and it is awesome to be here with you. Whether you're joining us in person or online, we are just excited to have you join us. I have the privilege of being the lead pastor here and it is it is just a, a great opportunity for us to come to relationship uh, with one another and to deepen our relationship with God. And so if you're new here, I just wanted to say a very special welcome to you. We are so excited that you have chosen to speak Spend some of your time with us. And, and we recognize that you could do that anywhere else. And so I, I just wanted to say you know, hopefully you'll get to know us. And when you get to know us, you know that we don't take ourselves too seriously, that we recognize that we're not perfect, but we know the one who is and that's Jesus. And we all want desperately to be more like Christ, to allow Christ to form us into a more perfect community so that we can love one another well, so that we can live boldly in the name of Jesus and share God's love with each and every person we come in contact. And and, and that's one of the reasons why we've been talking about this most recent sermon series. The idea of the series, the name of the worship series is identity. And it's I, I, understanding our identity in Christ, because identity can be such a, a common buzzword now uh, in, in online or in conversation or on the news. And so what does it mean for us to find our identity in Jesus and we started by saying, hey, we need to recognize that we are we are jacked up, that we're sinners in need of a savior. We can't leave it there, but that's where we have to start. And last week we talked about how we are made new in Christ, that Christ doesn't leave us there just in need of a savior, but actually is that savior who comes to rescue us and, and gives us new life. In himself. And, and this week, we're going to continue on. We're going to look at, at what it looks like uh, to be integrated into that family of God. Have you ever gone over to a friend's house and just recognize that the way that their family interacts and does things is just totally foreign to how you do it. Uh, I had a a buddy that lived across the street when I was a kid. His name was Rudy. And Rudy, uh, his mom was Filipino and his dad was Hispanic. And so we would go, some of the best food on the planet came out of their kitchen. Uh, And we would go over to his house like, and and they were big into like uh, the mask wrestling when, when I was a kid. And like, they would, all wear masks while they would watch wrestling and it just boggled my mind. I was like, this is not like anything I've ever seen before in my life. It was it was amazing, but I had to start by asking so why why are you wearing the masks for wrestling? And it was Mexican wrestlers and and again, Rudy's dad was from Mexico and so it was it was just one of those traditions that they had. And what I, what struck me is just how different traditions are, how different uh, family interactions are, and how different, you know, things can be uh, when you're in, and with family or friends, when you're, specifically, when you go to friend's house or when you go to uh, a new acquaintance house, and you see how they interact with one another. And, and I can only imagine, now I've, I've talked to a few people, one of my good friends uh, ha- is uh, a guy that has adopted several children. Uh, some of them a little bit older than ch- so not infants, but older children. Some of them are from America. Some of them are from other countries. Uh, and I talked to him about adoption, and I was like, "Man, how how is it? How how does that work? How does that dynamic work when you're bringing somebody from a that that has never maybe never experienced family?" into a family? How do you share love and show them that? And he said, honestly, it just takes a lot of time because there are habits and and understandings that that they bring to family and, and things that we understand that we bring to family. And we have to navigate that so that we can figure out how we can talk and act and, and how we interact and what that looks like and how we can balance uh, the affection that we show and, and how we are going to do family. And for me, I, I just think about that, and I, I think just that we have all experienced that struggle of trying to figure out how things should work. I remember when, when I got married, and I was in a new family, and I was just like, man, they don't do things the same way. And so I, I, you know, trying to navigate through that and learn my way around the language and the way that they uh, they experience different things and the way they interacted with one another was just interesting for me. And I, I remember when my son was born, we got this thing. Uh, it's called a pacifier. That's its proper name. Some people call it passies uh, or pacifiers, not us, uh, because sh- my ex-wife's grandmother was first generation America and, and, and came from, from the UK. Uh, th- they called it a dotie. Yeah, I have no idea, but I didn't know it wasn't a Dodie. And so I'm walking and talking, other friends that have kids, I'm like, hey, they just dropped their Dodie on the ground. And they're like, wait, what, what is that? <laughs> and I had to, you know, I'm like, it's a pacifier, the thing that thing that, you know, that makes them not cry. They dropped it on the ground. Oh, okay, that's a pacifier, not a Dodie. What is a Dodie? And so, you know, learning how to navigate this and, and learning how to um, to truly Figure out how all of these interactions can work, allow us to be moved into that family. And and we we have to learn to navigate this relationship so that we can be integrated into the family. And I think adoption is an interesting picture because when we think about adoption, when we when we talk about adoption, it's it's parents that are choosing to go. And, and bring home a new child to their family uh, so that they can, they can have that child. And, and what's interesting to me is that picture of choosing, that picture of seeking, that picture of longing and wanting that child to come into their home is, is the same type of picture that we have in God. And we started, like I said, by talking about the fact that we are sinners in need of a Savior and and that we're made new and and so that Savior allows us access to the Father, to God. But what's amazing about this, what what is still just mind-blowingly awesome is this. The good news is not just forgiveness. The good news is adoption, Jesus doesn't just forgive us of our sins, doesn't just justify us and make us right with God. No, through Christ, God says, I want you to be in my family. I I want to adopt you into my household. I want you to be my child and I will be your father. And through Christ, this is made possible. This, This is the stuff like... Even today, I've been Christian since I was 25. So over 25 years, I've been sitting there, and this still blows my mind that God wants even me to be a part of his family, to hold me equivalent on the same level as Jesus Christ. Because of what Jesus has done through his life, death, and resurrection, I am able to to, to have that access to the Father. And that, that's why Jesus uses the language, our father, because Jesus knows that through his life, death, and resurrection, that will be our relationship adopted into the family of God. We've been studying through the book of Ephesians, the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, also called the epistle to the Ephesians. And, and it paints this picture in such such beautiful language that that I just, I, I can't wait to share it. It says this, even before he made the world, even before God made the world, before he created the world, God loved us and chose us. It's that adoption language. We were chosen by God, chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus. This is is the introduction that we need to understand. Our identity is forged and formed in the family of God. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. This came from the New Living Translation, and I just love that line. It gave him great pleasure that God, before there was time, desired for us to be in this relationship, wanted us to be his precious children, and and calls out to us and, and sends Jesus into the world so that we can have this opportunity that through acceptance of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, that we can come to new life in him and we can be integrated, called into, adopted into God's family. And this is key. This is so important for us, finding our identity in Christ, that, that we have to recognize that we are, we are no longer strangers to God. No, we've, we've been made, made in the closest possible family relationship, father and son, father and daughter, father and precious child. And, and so this is the, the opportunity we have to come into this. And here's the thing that I love also about this picture is, is that God longs for us to be more like Jesus. And, and, and it's, it's His Holy Spirit in us that is moving us in that direction. But God also recognizes that we can't do this on our own on an island all alone. That God wants us to be in community so that we can grow in relationships, so that we can understand who God is and whose we are, so that we can deepen our knowledge, so that we can start to use the right language with one another, so that we can start to have the right tendencies, so that we can show affection in the right way, so that we can represent Jesus in all of our actions and all of our deeds and everything that we do and say that Jesus can come through. That Jesus can be visible in us, even if we don't say, Yeah, I go to church at such and such or so and so, or I am a Christian, that people know that there is something different about us because of the way we love those around us. And, and it's, it's because of this, being a part of God's family gives us a new community, a new community on earth where we can grow and develop as God's beloved children. That community is the church. The church is not, uh, and when I say the church, I want us to understand, the church is not a building. The church is not a a location. The church is a people dedicated to the mission of God, of of loving God, of loving neighbor well, and of making a difference in the world. And, And this is the way we become integrated into God's family. It's because we come together desiring to know God more and desiring to be known by God and be changed by God. And we do this together in community, lifting each other up in prayer, sharpening one another in, in, in understanding of who God is, challenging one another, asking questions, and trying to discover it. I remember when I first became Christian, I, I didn't even know what that really meant. And I was at the church, and, and I was asking question after question. The good news was, I, because I was brand new to the faith, I wasn't embarrassed by asking dumb questions. And so I would ask, why do we do that? What, what does that mean?" What, what is the significance of doing that? And and people loved on me and cared for me and helped me walk and grow in that relationship, so that I could figure out who God was. More importantly, so that I could figure out who I was in Christ. And we did that as a community, so that we could be a part of the church. And the church, the church has a mission in the world, and even in the heavens. Paul continues in his letter, he says this, his, God, his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities, even in the heavenly realms. And according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in him, through faith, we, through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. This is that access to God as father. When Jesus says, our father, it's because we have that access. We can approach him in freedom and in confidence. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ And this is what unites us. We are united in Christ by the gift of Jesus Christ so that we can be one family made new in the blood of the Lamb so that we can be the people that God wants us to. And this is core information for us discerning what it means to identify as a follower of Christ, to be Christian. It's key for us. And so here's here's the deal. When, when Paul is writing this letter, he's painting a picture of what it means to be in unity. And so Paul continues his letter, and, and I'm going to stop right after this, but uh, for, Christ, for Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. It says when? We're going to leave that out for right now. We're going to pick that up in just a minute. Here's, here's what Jesus is doing. In Christ. We have the ability to break down borders of understanding. For a first century Jew, those that lived at the time of Jesus, first right after the resurrection, they're sitting there, and there are two classes of people for good Jews there are Jews, which are those that follow the law, and there are Gentiles those that don't follow the law. Now, the Gentiles could even be people that do almost all of the law, so they're God-fearers, but they're not actually taking all of the steps necessary, the physical steps, in order to follow the law fully. And so you have Jews, those that commit their lives to it. It's not even 100% ethnic. It's faith-based, but if you were born a Jew, then you you have been following these laws from birth. And so that's the the key is that these two groups exist, Jews and Gentiles. And what, what Paul is saying is that he united, he, God, united Jews and Gentiles into one people. When in his own body on the cross, He broke down the wall of hostility that separated us, everything that kept us apart. You don't follow the law the way that we do. You don't behave the way that you should. You don't do the things that we believe you should. All of that was broken down in Christ Jesus. He did this by ending the system of law. Again, this is Jesus. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together, as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility toward each other was put to death. There is nothing that separates us from God any longer. It is not by our ability to follow rules and regulations. It's not because we have done enough or or we've been faithful enough. It's because of Christ's great gift of grace that we have received, that we are able to come to life in Jesus Christ. And once we come to life, we enter that community so that we can be formed and forged more and more into the image of God so that we can take on the role that God wants us to, so that our plans and purpose for our life are whatever God wants us to do. And so we can can hear this and we can understand this cognitively, but living into it is a little bit more difficult. When, When we take seriously Jesus' words, and we hear what Paul is telling us, we recognize, hey, we, we need to be, be a part of this community. And, and that's the first step that we need to do. We need to commit to being a part of God's church. Now again, church is not a location. It's not a building. It's a people with a desire to be more like Christ. So if, if you aren't able to attend a brick and mortar community, that's not the end of it. It is the desire to be part of that community, whether it's online, whether it's in person, whether it is somewhere else and you are watching us and then going to another physical location. It's about being a part of that community so that we can hold each other accountable, so that we can grow in grace, so that we can be more like Jesus. We share our time with God and with others. We share our talents with God and with others. We share our gifts with God and with others. We share our service and our witness with God and with others, so that we can be made more into the image of Christ, so that we can find our identity more and more in Jesus. And and we commit to being in study of our Father. It, it, It is so hard to, to hear people, uh, and I've talked to multiple people that say, hey, I just don't, I just don't spend any time in that. They, they attend church, but that's the extent of what they're willing to allow. They attend a church worship service, but that's the extent of what they're willing or, or to allow God access to. And, and God wants so much more. God says, I'm, I've put you into community. I've put you into a family so that you can challenge and encourage one another so that you can go deeper in your relationship than you ever have in the past so that you can be more like God. And, and here at Cassidy, we do that through Bible study. And, and when I say Bible study, I, I, I mean actually spending time in the Word, devoting ourselves to learning more about Jesus. Now, here's the key. It also has action so that we're not just studying the Bible so that we have great book knowledge. No, we study the Bible so that we can be more like Jesus and allow God to move us to action, so that we can share love and grace, so that we can offer ourselves to others so that they can have access to this great love that God offers to us. And then we commit to making a difference, We commit to making a difference by sharing God's love with others. And and I want us to do that by being intentional with sharing God's love, because that's how God has moved in your life, and you can share that with others. You can share God's love with others and how God has moved. I hear so many people tell me that they can't share their faith, and and they think that people are going to ask them about some treatise on, from the 1800s on theology. And all people want to know is why you think that God has done the things in your life that, that, that God has. And, and leave the theology, uh, which really is just how you think about God, for another time. But just share what God has done in your life and how God moves in and through you. And you never know how, how the community of faith can truly share life with somebody else. I, I have a great friend. Uh, his nickname is Loggy. Um, his name is Michael. And Michael uh, was, was the first employee I ever hired in church. Uh, I hired Michael. Uh, he, he, and his, he was a, a tech guy uh, doing audio, visual, and really just this uh, just a, a young kid right out of college. He was working in Tennessee as a sound designer for, uh, for sound studios. Like that sounds like a great job. He hated it. Um, and he was trying to find something new. Now he was honest when we interviewed him. He was like, I don't really know if I even believe in God. And, and, and I knew that he was qualified to do the job, but better yet, I knew that if he was integrated into the community of faith, if he was loved on the way that the church should care and love on you, then he would see Jesus represented in the people that surrounded him. And quite frankly, that's exactly what happened. And it took a couple of years, but Logie and, and Loggie was so great because he, he started asking the same questions that I remember asking when I became a follower of Jesus. And he started wondering why we did things certain ways, why we said things certain ways. And then he started using the language of the family, and he came to know and love Jesus through that. I stood on the stage at the church we were at when he was baptized. And in my heart and in my soul, I rejoiced with the heavens because a man who was far from God came to know God because of the community of faith known as the church, because we loved him well and we shared grace and hope and peace. And he experienced God first through us but then through the intimacy of an adoptive relationship, that God has called him into family. Because through Christ, we have a new family. Through Christ, we have new life and a new identity, and it is in that identity that we come to recognize the gift that we have in God, the gift that we have received in Christ, and the gift that we have in the church, a forever family, a new way to grow in wisdom and in grace and knowledge of God. Let's pray. Holy One, we give you thanks for the gift of Jesus Christ and for This identity that you offer to us. Let us embrace this identity. Let us embrace this adoption. Let us be integrated into your family and let us take seriously the desire you have on our lives to grow in relationship with one another and in relationship with you. Father, you call us a community. You you long for us to work together, to grow together, to be together so that we can build your kingdom. Help us to take that seriously. Help us to seek to be more like you. Help us to serve others the way that you have done. Help us to be your hands and your feet so that we can represent Jesus well and we can represent you, our Father, well. We ask this together in the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all of us agreed and said, amen.